I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11 this morning. We've been talking about prayer and what the Lord teaches us about prayer. And um, there's a lot swirling around in culture. And um, seems a little silly that we have to say this, this these days, but it, it, it is important that we do say that culture does not dictate who we are and for what we stand. The Word of God does. Um, we are presented with His standards of righteousness in all things, and we uphold them and abide by them and support them and proclaim them with gladness and confidence and not fear. And so we're thankful that we can do that in a place like this. And I'm thankful that you um, are part of that and affirm that. And um, on this day, we don't make a lot of to do about Father's Day, but we're thankful for the opportunity to honor the men in our lives who serve the Lord and fear Him and walk with Him and provide for their families and provide for those who depend on them in a way that is honoring um, to God and to His Word. We're thankful. It's confusing out there. It's hard to imagine in this day and age um, that you're not safe in a place of worship or your children can become susceptible to confusing messages in the media. The Supreme Court is mulling over a decision in regards to um, marriage and this land. And uh, we need to be in prayer for that, calling upon the Lord to move powerfully um, in the hearts and minds of those who sit on that highest court in our land. But regardless of the decision, regardless of the outcome, we stand on the precepts and principles of the Word of God. That is our position. And um, our deep conviction and our confidence is in God and in His ultimate design for our lives. That marriage was identified, designed, and ordained by God to be between a man and a woman for life, lifelong not between a man and a man or a woman and a woman and a man who thinks he's a woman and becomes a woman and then marries. None of that. Marriage is designed by God and ordained by Him to be between a man and a woman for life. That is our position. We will not support or uphold any other version of that. Come what may, this ministry will not succumb to any pressure to abide anything other than that. Our facilities will not be lobbied for use in those regards. This is where we stand, and God will be faithful regardless. That is who we are. And um, again, it seems a little silly that we have to say such things, but we do. We do. Jesus is so faithful to us in teaching uh, teaching us on prayer. We've, we've looked at most of this passage in Luke's gospel from the beginning in these last several weeks. And in Q is a section where Jesus specifically calls out fathers. It's remarkable as his primary target for teaching on prayer. Um, it, it's no accident that Jesus specifically calls out men in this section on prayer. Men are primary dispensers of spiritual nourishment. 
in God's mind. Sustenance in the home. Down into those who depend on us the most. That is God's design. That is His pattern. That is His principle for all of us. And Jesus uses in this passage the compelling example of the relationship between a father and those who depend on Him for food to teach powerful lessons on prayer and ultimately about Himself, His goodness, His faithfulness as we turn to Him in prayer. I just want to read this passage um, starting from the beginning and see how this all kind of links together. Uh, Luke 11, verse 1, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Isn't that wonderful? Fathers, literally, it's translated, you fathers, Jesus calls them out. Fathers, he didn't say you mothers, <laughs> he said you fathers, listen up. This is how it works in God's kingdom, in his plan, in his pattern for your life before him. You fathers, you understand this, you have people who depend on you in your home for spiritual nourishment sustenance in their lives. Now, there's a lot of things a father can give to his children. Uh, Experience, that's a good thing. A good education, a trade to learn a skill, a knowledge of nature, how, 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 how nature and the universe works, sports skills, that's a good thing, isn't it? Uh, musical abilities, opportunities, opening doors, those are things a father can give to his children. But here Jesus assumes in this passage that the primary and most important download from a father to children is spiritual. It's spiritual. What are our children, those who are closest to us, dependent on us, learning from us, fathers in the spiritual regard? Here Jesus says we can either provide for them spiritually through a life of prayer and spiritual vitality. That's the metaphor of the food, the egg and the fish. Because that's what our children really need. That's what they're genuinely asking for. Or... We can give them snakes and scorpions. 
by being carnal and self-sufficient. There's really only two options in this passage. It's fascinating. Either way, Jesus makes the powerful assumption that children, dependents by nature, are receiving from fathers. They are asking all the time for spiritual food. They may not realize it. The metaphor is they need an egg or they need some bread or a fish. And we are dispensing to them one or the other. You see, how we live and the spiritual depth of our lives impacts those who depend on us, especially as it relates to our relationship with the Lord. Now, a corresponding Old Testament passage is in Numbers chapter 14. So hold your place in Luke 11, and let's go to the Old Testament for a few moments, to to Numbers chapter 14. Great, great narrative, by the way. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, great stories in the Old Testament about how God revealed himself and showed himself faithful to Moses and his people. This is one of those stories. But here the people are in rebellion. The children have lost their way because they have stubbornly refused to follow God. The fathers of Israel are not providing the kind of wisdom and leadership and faith that God had ordained. All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Uh, Numbers 14, verse 1. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. See, they were blaming God for the spiritual destitution that their families were experiencing in the wilderness. This is God's fault. This is your fault, Moses. These these leaders of these homes were blaming God. Our children and our families are destitute in this wilderness. We're suffering because of God. And they said to each other, "We we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Well, that's prophetic, isn't it? Wow, isn't that part of the responsibility for a father, for a leader of, of a home, of a nation, is to, is to lead by living in submission to what God has ordained. But you see, this is out of order. Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, Jephunneh, were among those who had explored the land and tore their clothes. And they were broken by this, and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. This is God's plan for us. He's good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. How about that? Let's, let's just get rid of these guys. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with such contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? See, it was an issue of faith, trust, and obedience. Spiritual. It was spiritual. This was a spiritual problem. In spite of all these signs I have performed among them, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you into a greater nation and stronger than they. Moses said to the Lord. Moses, he just talks to the Lord. 
This is, this is a magnificent prayer. Then the Egyptians will hear about it if you do that. By your power you brought these people up from among them and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They've already heard that you, Lord, are with these people and that you, Lord, have been seen face to face and your cloud stays over them. This is an intercessory prayer. What a powerful picture of what Jesus is teaching in Luke 11. In a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations will have heard this report about you, and they'll say the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land. He promised them on oath, and he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared. And he, he describes what the Lord has said about himself. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, and forgiving sin and rebellion. What a download. That's what our children need. They need to know that about God the Father. He's slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He forgives sins. He's merciful. But he does not leave the guilty unpunished. There are, there are consequences to disobedience. He punishes the children for sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. See, there's a transfer. We can either give them spiritual nourishment or we can transfer snakes and scorpions. It's going to have a powerful, long-lasting impact on the following generation, depending on how I live my life. How, how compelling my spiritual life is before the Lord. Whether or not I pray or choose not to pray. Just as you pardoned them from the time they left Egypt, the Lord replied, I, I have forgiven them as you asked. The, the Lord relents. He moves towards them in mercy. He hears, he hears the prayer of Moses and he turns. What a principle. Moses had to intercede for the whole nation because fathers were living carnally and dealing with snakes and scorpions. We cannot pray. We cannot seek the Lord. We cannot trust Him. Not rely on Him for everything. Not lead our families to worship. Not follow. And our children will receive that. This is what Jesus is saying. Snakes and scorpions. Why would you do that? Back to Luke 11. He's so gracious. And reminds us that fathers, even though we fall short, we still know how to give good things to our children. And our Heavenly Father is even more able and willing to issue powerful, large, compelling doses, portions of His Spirit, His provision, His wisdom, His presence, His direction, healing, enablement, comfort, and care down into the ranks, into the lives and souls of our children when we ask Him. This is a picture of a father who is in submission, living his life before the Father and asking Him on behalf of His children. How much more Jesus says, will the heavenly Father give to us who ask Him in prayer, in a life of prayerful obedience, the riches of the Spirit? Hmm. Wow, this is convicting. You fathers, that's what Jesus said after this powerful passage. You fathers. It's just in the passage. It's, it's right in cue. How was your walk with the Lord today? Really? To what level are, are those who are 
dependent upon you, receiving from the Spirit the things you are asking of Him, from the Lord. Because Jesus says what they're really asking for, even though it's presented as physical needs, is spiritual nourishment. They need the Spirit of God to flow through you, through your life, down into their experience. There's a connection between my life, my relationship with the Lord, and and my obedience to Him in regards to those who depend on me. Uh, Hold your finger there and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, now hang in there guys there's some good news coming and we don't, we don't mean to be so hard on, on I, I remember one guy after one of these services after we, he said man I think, thanks for not being so hard on fathers <laughs> no problem but Jesus said you fathers he called us out so we need to follow what Jesus is saying First Peter chapter um, chapter 3 now this is the apostles he's talking about relationships he says husbands verse 7 in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives that's someone who's dependent upon you be considerate be gracious see be a conduit of the spirit as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs of the gracious gift of life. You see, that's God's vision for the relationship. You fathers, you husbands, listen, there's a way that you need to pattern your life. There's a way that you need to live in your home, and especially in regards to this one I have given you, your wife. You need to live with her with consideration of her, and you need to view her as I view her, as an heir of grace. Isn't that nice? And be, be respectful of her in, in your tone, in your words, in your treatment of her, in your care for her, in your deferring to her needs. Be, be gracious to her is what God is saying through, through the apostle because she is an heir of the gracious gift of life. This is how you ought to be. Now watch this so that nothing will hinder your prayers. <laughs> See the connection? Man, the, the, the effectiveness, the, the vitality of my relationship with the Lord and my experience in prayer is directly related to my willingness to do what God says. In regards to my wife, my mate, or my children, or those who are dependent upon me, be gracious, be considerate, live in a manner that is worthy of her. She is an heir of the gift of life so that your prayers won't be hindered. Guy comes to me and says, man, I just, I'm praying like I'm blue in the face till the cows come home asking the Lord to do this. And nothing's happening. I can't imagine what's going on. How's it going with your wife? Tell me, about, tell me about that relationship. Let's talk about that. What is she receiving from you? It's, your, it's right here. Your children. What, 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 what's, what's going on there? Tell me about those downloads. Are they getting nourishment? 
or, or snakes and scorpions because you're just not, you're not up to doing what God says. Wow, what a joyous and compelling responsibility we have before the Father in prayer, spiritually, calling on the resources of the Spirit on behalf of those who are dependent upon us. Man, I love it when it's so plain in the book. And we don't have to make stuff up, right? And we don't have to be confused by culture because it's right here. It's right here. I had a professor in seminary. He'd ask these hard questions. We'd just kind of look at him like this. You know, we'd have our Bibles open and he'd ask a hard question and he was looking for a response. We'd just look at him and he'd say, man, it's not written on my face. It's in the book. <laughs> Go to the book. It's just not that hard. Here it is. How much more, how much more will our Heavenly Father just pour out His Spirit when we ask Him, when we frame our lives that way? See, we live in humble obedience before Him, walking with Him. Is your family, is my family, are your children learning the wonder and blessing of relying on the Spirit because of your prayer life? Or are they coming under the curse of snakes and scorpions, learning from you just all about self-sufficiency and, and being prudent, relentlessly kind of relying on ourselves and our own, on our own resources? That, that's the snakes and serpent stuff. What they really want is nourishment. They want to learn how to trust God. They may not be able to articulate that at that some point, but that's what Jesus is saying. That's, that's what they need and that's what they want. Which of you fathers? Fathers, he says, literally, if your son asks for a fish, why would you give him a snake? You wouldn't. Or if he asks for an egg, why would you give him a scorpion? You wouldn't. And that's wilderness stuff. That, that, that is just a, that's a callback to the days in the wilderness when, when, when the fathers of Israel were disobeying God. They were not walking with him, and the place was just covered. They were up to their gills in snakes and serpents, uh, scorpions. Oh, what do I do then? Well, basically, you repent. <laughs> you just come back in line with, again, the standard of God's word. Just, just come back in line with what he's saying. Fathers, you fathers, turn, turn from doing life that way. Living your, your life and, 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 and running your, your experience and you know, your kids are going to follow. They're going to go exactly where you go. They're going to get in the car and go where you say it's time to go. They're going to do, that's what kids do. That, that's, that's the picture here. And what they're asking for is, is guidance, spiritual nourishment. They're asking for, for fish and eggs. Why would we give them snakes and serpents? So we need to repent. We need to turn away from all of that and go hard after the things of the Lord on behalf of those we lead so that our prayers won't be hindered, but they'll be compelling and vital. We need to repent of sin in our lives, things in our lives that are dishonoring to the Lord. Rid, rid our lives of those things so that we can be restored to this God-ordained place of nourishing our lives and nourishing the lives of our children, our families through prayer, through prayer, on our knees, seeking the Lord, bowing before Him. Moses had to do it for the whole nation. 
Because every one of those fathers had had just turned their back on, on, on God's best for them. Snakes and bugs. That's what our kids get when we just refuse to follow God. Well, this is simple. I, I think it's good from time to time that we just keep it really simple, right? Especially for us guys. So what do I do? Two words. First, follow. Jesus said, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. <laughs> just ask Him. Just follow. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's impossible for, for me to, to have any sort of spiritual vitality or vital impact spiritually on my, my children's lives or my, my family's life if, if I'm not following Christ, if I'm not walking with Him. Ask Him. He's going to give to anyone who asks. Fathers, ask Him. Ask Him for wisdom. Give Him an opportunity to to inform your lives or inform your decisions, your priorities. Ask Him. He's, He's more than willing to give spiritual resources, His Holy Spirit, a supernatural experience for your children if you ask Him. So first, follow. Follow me, Jesus said. That's obedience. Then, (laughs) this is easy, lead. First follow, then lead. Step out in faith, move, and lead your family in prayer. You can't lead your family until you're first following Him yourself. Ask Him, and then lead out of the, the overflow of what he gives to you. Jesus said he's more than willing to give the Holy Spirit to you, to, to, to grant you these resources. So once you follow him and ask him, then lead. Lead your family. Lead your family to worship. Lead your family to obedience, to trust, to serve, to have confidence in him. And step out in faith and trust him. Let them see brokenness and humility in in your life. And the first thing maybe our kids need to see when they kind of wake up in the morning and they're they're getting the stuff out of their eyes is they need to see dad on his knees, maybe with the scriptures open, just truly just seeking the Lord, asking him what of an impact. They'll get all the other stuff from you. I know they will. They'll learn how to kick a ball and set a pick and change a tire and shave the nap of their... They're going to get all that. I'm not saying that's not important. They're going to get that. Look at you all. You're all sharp and you dress well and you know, you keep your places nice. They're not worried. They're going to get that. But that's not what we're talking about here. Where are my kids? Where are your kids going to be 20 years from now? Are they going to be following after the Lord because they, they learned a pattern from me and from you about how to, how to bring down the power and, and resources of heaven in prayer? They saw that. 
they drew from us? Or are they going to be snake handlers <laughs> chasing scorpions? Oh, man. That's hard to watch. First we follow. I need to follow Christ. I need to repent of whatever attitude or action going on in my life that's dishonoring to the Lord and just, just bow before Him and acknowledge Him and ask Him. And then I need to lead, lead my family to follow the Lord. Because I'll tell you what, there's, there's no shortage of people out there that love to lead your family. They'd love to take your kids right down a road. There's plenty of willing folks that would love to lead your family. Right out into the wilderness. Let's see. Which is you fathers? You fathers. If your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? I'm pretty sure there's not a there's not a man in this room that would do that. Ask him. Ask him. Start tonight. Wouldn't this be great? After the cookout or whatever you're going to do. Just, if, if you're a father and you got kids, let's just start tonight. Bring everybody into the room. And just say, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to open up his word. And I can't ask you to follow me if I'm not following him. So we're going to follow the Lord together. And we're going to close this day and open tomorrow. Acknowledging him, asking him. And I mean, they're going to roll their eyes. They're going to go, oh man, you know. Let me just save this game. No, we're going to do it now. Wait, you know, there's, there's going to just, but they got to get back into that this pattern. Just, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to follow the Lord. Get your mate. Say, babe, we're going to follow the Lord. Come on, let's do this. I, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And it might be a little awkward, but let, let's bow before the Lord. Let's just commit the rest of this summer to follow him. Wow. That's, that's, it opens up the, the conduit for spiritual nourishment. It starts the process. See. <laughs> I'm excited for y'all, for us. God could too. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the men that love you and fear you, just so desire to walk with you, to lead their families.
just humble obedience before you. I just ask, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on their lives. Encourage them, Lord, to follow you and then to lead their families in obedience. Do this great work, we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.